You probably know the feeling, sweaty, fast breathing, quick heart rate. That's a cortisol spike. It feels awful, and its imbalance is the cause of your anxiety. Rebalance Health's three-part anxiety system helps address it at the root. Rebalance Health lozenges are natural and designed for optimal absorption, providing 24-hour relief. Live life fully without feeling like you're fighting for it. Get 50% off your first month with code CALM23 at rebalancehealth.com. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. You're listening to Beyond the Letter with Pastor Adam and Caleb Mesa. What a day. What a day. <laughs> yes. Oh, shoot. And then we got, I mean, today really is a crazy day. We got Heron, we got Heron doing a chapel. UCA chapel for the high school students. <laughs> and we got Young Adult Night tomorrow. Young Adult Night tomorrow, 500 young adults, mm-hmm. RSVP. We're doing a funeral for a fireman, like 3,000 people tomorrow. So the team's getting ready for that. There's yep. going to be a walkthrough. And then... Uh, yeah, what like you said, they have all the media teams over at Pomona filming some stuff. Crazy day, crazy day indeed. But here we are. Heron's gonna join us, uh, like probably in the next ten minutes or so. He's doing a chapel for the the teenagers mm-hmm. um, at our private school that meets here at our at the church. And then, uh, but but here we are. Last we got uh, Pastor Aaron with us. We got Caleb, myself. Uh, Adam with the People's Padre, <laughs> and then we got <laughs> we got T, we got Gabe in here. We got Nancy. Uh, nobody's next to Nancy. Can we get someone next to Nancy? Who can we get? Phil. I told him. Can we get Phil? Sit next to Nancy, please. <laughs> what do you want me to just stare at an empty uh, empty chair? You can bring your coffee. Don't worry, bro. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> you can drink. Just unmute yourself. Mute yourself. There you go. <laughs> and then we got Lauren helping today, right? Oh, nice. there Laura. we go. Laura. Hey, hey, come here. Come Why'd Laura. I say Lauren? Laura. Laura. Sorry, Laura. Come here. Come Thank here, you, come Laura. Here. Okay, come here. Oh, there <laughs> she Nancy is. wants her to get some uh, some <laughs> vibes in there as well. She's our, yeah, she's our photography lead. She's incredible. Ooh, so if you ever Hold like any down. of the pictures, you know, we, we got, got a, a team, team that holds yeah. it down. Welcome gang, to gang. the team, Laura. Um, all right, so here we are. We got usually our theology guys and... I wanted to talk about, we'll see where the conversation goes, but I wanted to talk about what everybody's talking about right now, at least in the Christian space, is there is what they're calling the Asbury Revival Mm -hmm. um, in Kentucky, Asbury University. Um, As of right now, the way it sits of us filming this, it's been over a week, 24 hours, students Mm -hmm. worshiping, Mm -hmm. praying, they've Mm -hmm. canceled all the classes, people are flying in and driving all across America. I think as of right now that I last I saw is they have four building spaces wow. full almost at all times. Yeah, wow. And uh, <laughs> it started in one. But what I saw was the video when it started, it was maybe when this moment started, it was maybe 80 or 100 mm. students. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't a packed out room by, by any means. It wasn't um, this, you know, cataclysmic emotional moment. It was 
a very simple, normal Organic. preacher, mm-hmm. normal mm-hmm. preacher yeah. that just said, hey, you know, you got to you got to lean into God and you got to be able to surrender. And students started surrendering. They didn't want to leave. And 100 has now turned into, I guess, thousands of people are coming on the campus 24 hours a day. Wow. Not just music. There's also yeah. times for sermon. There's also testimony times. Really, really beautiful right. thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of skeptics involved. A lot of yeah. critical people involved mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has also sparked, I think, five other additional universities Hmm. who are seeing the same exact thing right mm-hmm, now. So they're mm-hmm. going on their second day or third day. And it's all happening with, uh, with Gen Z, with college students. Yeah. So I have the video just for those that are joining us that watch our podcast through YouTube. We can watch it. And if you're listening to us on audio, you can at any point jump off and go on YouTube or TikTok and type in the Asbury Revival. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to check it out and see it. But Gabe, why don't you just give us an idea? You know, we pulled a, one of the clips of what's going on in, over there right now, so that we can look at. Right. So to this this specific clip is day six, hour one hundred and thirty. Mm. Okay. So oh. one hundred and thirty hours straight of yeah. worship and wow. prayer and wow. everything else. What do you think? Well, it seems it seems very organic. Um, I'm curious, like what they what the average person uh, it, it like how they take breaks. That's just what, what that, that's just the practical <laughs> things come to mind. Like like you you well go, people go come home. in and out. Yeah yeah. You, so it's, it's so this people are coming in and out. Like, cycle. Yeah. You go yeah. have dinner. Yeah. No but back, no individual sleep. spinning twenty four hours. Okay. There. Okay. So yeah, they're yeah. all kind of yeah. they're just kind of a revolving door. Yeah, so if you yeah. see, there's a huge line right now that goes out, and it goes off like mm-hmm. 200 yards. And as people come out, they let more people come in. People come out, more people come in. Yeah. So now they're just uh, starting to fill it. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then obviously, as yeah. it goes later on at night, it's emptier and emptier because mm-hmm. people are going to bed or going home. Yeah. But there's it has been a constant. Someone's in there consistently. Yeah, what you know? blows me away and adds to the um, authenticity element as of now um, is – the fact that it was it was just some no name kind of university who's ever heard of Asbury University, uh, no name preacher, and I was listening to him right going into the revival and just a very low key message about examining your heart yeah. and committing yourself fully to Christ going into this this uh, constant worship. There's also testimonials. There's testimonies of healing and prayer and cries of repentance and this just constant worship. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that love believes all things. So I'm going to believe the best in this as of now. And I'm going to say, praise God, this is awesome. And uh, and not kind of add to the skepticism at this point, because I have not seen um, they're not coming to hear uh, a celebrity. Yeah. Uh, as far as we know, they're not coming to hear some great uh, a worship leader. Yeah. It's it's all centered around God, and uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's great. 
think it's wonderful. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, and something like this, too, like, you can't manipulate this type of thing. No. Like, people, people who, who... People think who, that you can. Pastors you can't. of churches, no, yeah. mega churches, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, universe, uh, college, uh, Christian colleges, seminaries, um, understand how... You can't can, make this we up. We couldn't recreate you that can't if we tried. You can force people to yeah. stay all these yeah. hours, and no. it, it's... Yeah. So what are the skeptics saying? Um, skeptics are saying like, well, this is just emotionalism. They're 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 fabricating the moment. Uh, people are mm -hmm. just there to be a part of something, you know, bigger than them, and so they're kind of faking the moment. There's a lot of those, um, you know, um, not to bash them or anything, mm -hmm. but those like sola scriptura mm -hmm. account guys, right. reformed guys who are. Uh, you know, who, who basically make their, their living, Caleb calls them the church pimps. They make their living <laughs> criticizing oh, uh, church other drama, churches. Drama pimps. Yeah, church, church drama, drama pimps. pimps. Yeah. And they make their accounts by criticizing other Christians, their own their own blood, basically, yeah. and create these bloodbaths. And so these guys are like, I've seen a few of theirs like, guys, I want to report. I, I'm, I'm flying out tomorrow, and I will tell you whether this is a legitimate move of <laughs> right. God or I, who cares, bro? Like, I don't care. They're the like, fact that anyone that nobody's <laughs> preaching the gospel, yeah, nobody's, yeah. nobody's preaching the the, yeah. the, the, the the fundamentals of the gospel. Therefore, it's it's illegitimate. Yeah. And it's every, just all feelings. And every day at Asbury right now, you know? I think it's either two or three times a day they have an hour cluster of their they call it ministry moment, but sermon. It, someone yeah, preaching yeah. a sermon. So yeah. they're, mm -hmm. yeah, they're, they're scheduling, work. you know, professors and pastors in the local area to come. And at least two to three hours a day, they are uh, presenting sermons, the gospel, but, but either way, like these, these, these people that think that for some reason you're a critical judge, you know, and they're using verses like weigh the fruit and test the spirit and all yeah. these things as if that's, you know, like as if that's your, your, should be your first move, you know, like, yeah. um, Man, that, that to me bothers and me. And they're like, we got to wait at least 10 years to see the fruit of this before yeah. we can call it a revival or, or praise it or whatever. And then but, you got OG, yeah. OG reform preachers like H.P. Charles in Florida who is celebrating this <clears throat> mm -hmm. because Asbury is Wesleyan. And so mm -hmm. um, okay. it's a Wesleyan university. Because I was, you were thinking, where do they take their breaks? My first thing was... What theological background do they come Wait, from? What Wesleyan, school of camp? What is that? Uh, no. John Wesley. He's a he's a famous uh, he's a famous uh, preacher, Our, yeah. uh, Puritan preacher. Probably what during the Awakening, the Great Awakening. Yeah, him and Whitfield were the two big biggest celebrities because they were so huge. They were the evangelists who sparked the gr the Great Awakening yeah. in America. Wesley was uh, the the Arminian kind of evangelist. Whitfield yeah. was the Calvinist evangelism, and those were the two giants who caused that kind great of, awakening yeah and yeah. spread across america yeah. so mm -hmm. that was one of my and apparently i think maybe 80 years ago or something like that uh, a kind of revival moment broke out in asbury university because it's 100 and something years old that um lasted 100 hours so mm -hmm. this one has now surpassed it yeah okay. probably because i would say probably because the advent of social media yes so you know you got social media now more people are coming in people are flying in you know, availability to come because this it might have happened in the 30s, the last one. Mm -hmm. So travel time, all that kind of stuff like that. But it was supposed to be, I guess, if you were at Asbury, every year they would constantly pray for another revival like in that early 1900s. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so it's taken till 2023 because that's like to your point of you can't, if you pastor a church, you look at that and you go, there, there's no way I could fabricate a moment no. like that if I tried. No. It is dependent upon the people's hearts and the people's desire and the people's will mm -hmm. well, and, yeah. and the move of the Holy Spirit. Right. But yeah. but I mean, the dependency is not no pastor or leadership could 
orchestrate that. Mm-hmm. You know? All you have to do is look at the stage of that clip. There's nothing dramatic or planned in that moment that we just saw mm-hmm. on TikTok. It, yeah. was, it was all about the audience. So w- my first thought when I see a clip like that is I rejoice because as a pastor, one of the concerns that I have is in our community, if a child goes away to college, then you're like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like, so we see mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. a college mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. The, the, this demographic of kids that we pray when they go away to college, man, what we put in them, can it stay until they come? Yeah. No, they're catching fire yeah. away. If, if you know, So, like, it was rejoicing for me to see. It was the first emotion was rejoice. Man, like, man, this is awesome. There's no lyrics on the screen. And mm-hmm. they're singing a song that is "It Is Well with My Soul." Like, how, for one, yeah. how do these kids even know 400 this? Four hundred year old song. How do they, yeah. how do the kids even know this song? Mm. But then, but then also, it's like, wait a minute. This is a pastor's dream for any of our communities mm. to yeah. look like that on Easter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, like right now, a lot of pastors yeah. and teams are thinking about. Um, what can we do on the stage? How can we plan? How can we orchestrate? Only because in our heart of hearts, mm-hmm. man, we want to see the next generation yeah. really experience God. And I think what God is showing is, I don't even really need all that. So they're like, my next emotion yeah. is conviction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't see any fog machines. Well, here's why I would tap uh-huh. onto that. Here's why I would tap on it. I would say, I would say yes and no because, okay. because fog machine lights or whatever or not even if we had that we still couldn't fabricate yeah. that moment so that's what i'm saying yeah it, but but what i'm saying is it do, it doesn't mean that there's i like when we when any church does that including us when we have the lights and and we have you know lyrics and all the dancing all that like that's not meant to fabricate a move of god mm-hmm. that's just meant to use modern technology as a way of worship mm-hmm. um right. you know that's if you go study first and second temple te- uh, period in the old testament they had utilized all of the best resources of the day to build god's temple because it was if this is valuable in the world gold silver bronze incense mm-hmm. uh, uh uh 80% of the kohen's job the the priestly duty job in the second temple period was to light and burn incense smells, right. mm-hmm. you know, and there's an old saying in the Orthodox tradition that says um, your smell reaches heaven faster than even your lips, mm-hmm. you know, like, and so there's all these scents and incense and all these things like that. So even within Orthodoxy, there is a modern element mm-hmm. of using physical, just, objects, physical objects and to elements to, uh, to elevate yeah. the experience, but it, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily, it's not a, a force, a, a force attribution of worship. Mm-hmm. It's just environmental mm-hmm. is it what it is. It doesn't discount you know? it. Right, 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 right. But and it, goes, so, it goes back to your point, Pastor Adam. You said the university had been praying for yes. years for these moments. So what I was saying from the conviction <coughs> point of view, that the emphasis should not just be on the aesthetic. We use those things, but we're praying for God to show up. For sure. And, and God can show yeah. up on his timing and his terms. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think we were just talking about this before the show, but I think the shift in the in the church needs to be more of a participation element. You know, I think people, the Western Church Americans, we're kind of we're kind of sick of just like kind of it being a one man show. Whether mm -hmm. it's the the celebrity preacher or the celebrity worship leader, this is uh, garnering that that spirit of participation, mm -hmm. where um, where the person sitting in the pew is just as much a part of the experience as as the person up front. And so when I see something like that, I I I, I praise that, and I'm so encouraged by that, mm -hmm. because there was a testimony of a young man who drove hours uh, to this. And struggling with his faith, but he, as he was driving uh, to the the re the revival, uh, he he prayed to God and he said, "You know, God, I don't know if this is real or or genuine, but it or illegitimate. But if it's real, give me a sign when I'm there." So he he recounts he was there all by himself and he's worshiping, and then somebody approaches him and prays over him. But the verse that they pray they prayed over him was uh, the armor of God, Ephesians. So they, this person prayed over, felt led. This is what he said. A person saw him in the crowd, and the person approached him and said, there was a light around you. God was directing me to you. This is what he wants me to tell you. And the person describes, uh, goes into a prayer about Ephesians, uh, the armor of God. Yep. And then he said, after that prayer, another person came up to him and handed him a little, uh, a, a little uh, keychain or, or a little object. And the object said, the armor of God. Mm, and so mm -hmm. he said, wow, that was a sign of God uh, to Confirmation. me. So you, yeah. know, you, you have these little testimonies coming out of people in this, uh, in yeah. this experience. Yeah. But, I, but I think the key is like to what you said. Well, definitely what Aaron's saying is, is for church leaders and pastors, because we have a lot of those that listen to our podcasts too, is, is, is number one, don't look to fabricate a moment. For it's sure. not your mm -hmm. job. For sure. You know, um, you can make a challenge like the, like the preacher who started it did, you know, he didn't say, we're not going to leave here until God shows up. Mm -hmm. I've heard that a lot in church. He just basically was like, if your heart is towards the Lord, you'd be at a place where you release everything. I mean, just a very simple thing that mm -hmm. any of us would have preached at any time mm -hmm. and in that moment but here's and so you're not looking of and that's where even where i said i've just been telling our team just saying hey guys uh, you know some of our team and you know who's leading services and stuff i said hey just we're not looking to fabricate a moment right. but be mindful across right now this asbury revival is stirring in people's hearts yes just be ready to pivot should those individuals should our church choose that they want a moment like that too, because it's not our call. Yeah, yeah. And it's right. not that it's not church leadership's job to fabricate that moment. Yeah. It's, a, it's to your point, Caleb, and you know I've been talking about this for over a year now. Is saying the church has to move towards a place towards a place of congregational worship, right? Uh, where where the church takes the people take just as much responsibility in knowing scripture. But that's why for us, and we've been, you know, we've been introducing yeah. stuff like milk to our people is like last year we did scripture memory. Now we're having them stand in the honor, reading God's word and reading it together line by line. And it's going into a place to say, Hey, I take responsibility into this worship. I'm not here to watch a person on this stage per se. Right, for sure. It's yeah. I'm, I have something to bring to this service of value. Just like that preacher who in the same way that the preacher's preparing the sermon on Sunday, all week I'm I've prepared my heart mm -hmm. all week exactly. to be here and yeah. they and so when yeah we, exactly I yeah. always have people in our church will come to us and say hey we need to have a moment like this or we need to stir the church and we need to do this and I and I say 
it is not my job to do that. Yeah. It is your guys's job. Yeah. I said, so if the church wants it, they can have it. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that this leadership team is, is, is going to pull back on or not allow. So if they want prayer seven days a week, they can have it. Mm-hmm. You have it. Show up seven mm-hmm. days a week. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that you got something going on. You, 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 if the, if the people want that, and I'm not saying every church has to have that. My point is whatever God wants to do in our space, we as a leadership are open to it, but it, the, but the responsibility is on the people who show up yeah. that if that, if they want that, mm-hmm. it is available. Mm-hmm. And that's what a revival is. A revival is a kindred space where the spirit moves in the hearts of those people in that room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it can move wherever it can. The great awakening went across America and other mm-hmm. things like that. But it starts with both, you know, and this is, you know, every circle is different, but it starts with the will of the person to say, I'm not leaving this place, but then not just that person say that the majority of the room say that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not just the majority of the room, the majority of the state begin to say that it, it, it let's just say you want a revival in America. Well, it will, it starts at one or two places, but it's a conscious decision of people, mm-hmm. not leadership. Yes. Yes. Not leadership. Yes. So I tell people you want that. What's up, pastor H how was that chapel? We're talking about Asbury revival. So jump on in. Uh, he was doing a chapel right was, now. Was there a revival um, at your chapel just now? No. Okay. <laughs> it, it was a renewal. Okay. A, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. A renewal. So, so what I what I think is that, and you know, because believe it or not, I, I get it all the time. Pastor Adam, in our prayer, we need more people here, and and our prayer mornings, and we need this. I say, I say, guys, I'm not gonna go on the pulpit, and I'm not gonna say I have a prayer of what I would like things to be at. But that's up to the spirits work, and that's up to for the sure. people's work for the hunger for it. I yeah. can't force it. And you can, know? can I say this too? Yeah. Like, um, because at, the pastors, priests, um, uh, the pastors, the leaders, the priests, we are we are the mediators, so to speak, of the spirit. So, okay. so we mediate that that environment. Where, like you were yeah. talking about, we're the ones who are who light the incense. We're the ones who are priestly you're the duties. Yeah. You're yeah, the priestly duties. Yeah, we are we are mediating an environment for the spirit to have to do what the spirit wants to do, and and so like uh, like if we have two services, th- the spirit may not choose to move in the first service when he's mindful of the second service. Yeah. and how that would conflict with with things. But but at the job of a a priest or a pastor is to provide. Um, an outlet for that to possibly potentially happen. So you're doing that on Saturdays now with your prayer. Yep. And so that that's that's a perfect situation where you're 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 provi- you're mediating the atmosphere, you're providing uh, an outlet where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you and you're you're offering prayers to God and that's a place where I could totally see the spirit just yeah. coming in like a flood and doing something like uh, like what's what what has happened in Asbury, yeah. You know, and we had another, um, and we're kind of seeing glimpses of this in our own church. Why don't you describe uh, what happened last night with our baptisms? I mean, that was yeah. so unique in our history. I don't know, Aaron. You weren't you weren't there because you were doing baptisms at your campus, but yeah. we were blown away at our campus. It, just to give perspective, we had a little over two hundred people. Um, get baptized last night and uh, during our baptism ceremony. And what stood out, there was a few things that stood out. And I'll just say that the main bigger one was about 80% of the crowd was 30 and uh, younger. Mm -hmm. And they were, they were predominantly even younger than 30 in the sense that they're probably more early twenties than later twenties. 
Mm. It was like college A students. So right now I'm just like there's this uncanniness that Asbury Revival is happening with Gen Z. Yeah. And I and I like the way that they are shepherding that movement because so far they've made calls that they're not gonna live stream. I think I think that's great. Yeah. Don't live stream. Yeah. Let people post however they want to post because there are people going live stream it so that we can, you know, be a part of what God is doing over there. Go to your local church yes. and do it. Yeah. Hunger after God. Yeah. If you yeah. have people in your local church, go to your church. For sure. you, you don't need to see what's going on in Asbury. You can hear it and it'll testify, but you don't need to live stream it. You don't need to see what's going on and you don't need to be a place where you're critical. We, I, yes. I saw people's comments like, I don't think that they should have a Gen Z only, you know, morning time. And I'm like, it's happening at a university. Right, like, right, right. They got to give they, priority you know, to their like, students. Pri yeah. Priority to the students. Yeah. Like, right. And I'm like, good for you. So they're leading the, in every best way they can. But everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's got a critical. Mm -hmm. But you're seeing what you are seeing is you're seeing it happen at, what happened at Asbury Gen Z students. There's about five other universities that now they're going on their third, fourth day uh, yeah. with the same thing. Then for us at our church, baptizing yeah. 200 people. Yeah. At least 160 to 150 of them are Gen Z. Mm -hmm. They're all yeah. 25 and under, mm -hmm. uh, 30 and under, if that. But majority are 20. And I mean, I'm, they're visible. And in the past, maybe 20 percent to yeah. give someone a comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 20 percent was people in their 20s. In no yeah. way would you say, oh, it was a wave of young people. It was just, it was balanced. Yeah. It was 40 people in their 40s, 50s. This one was like, you're looking, you're like, there's another 20 year old. There's another 20-year-old, yeah. 150 20-year-olds yeah. here to be yeah. baptized, here to confess. Yeah. And then for us as well, you're, you're just, you just, you look God for your speak, you're saying like, God, what are you doing differently? There's a couple other things. We ended up baptizing about six individuals that had autism mm -hmm. last God. night. Mm -hmm. Praise God. So mm -hmm. that's not normal. Praise God. Maybe we've yeah. ever had maybe one yeah. every once in a while, never yeah. six back to back, yeah. you know, young people with autism, probably they were in their 20s, you know, teens and 20s. And then on top of that, we did our we did uh, two people with disability in wheelchairs mm. last night. Mm. Uh, Caleb handled it and mm. he did a picture over them while they were in their wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I can't. It was, so it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Water just spew all across the, their <laughs> the, chair. the carpet. And their no, chair well, and I, the asked her, I asked her, I said, I, I said, because I had never done that before. And uh, so I asked her, I she was just uh, sitting there and, and, and I was just I was expecting us to, to wheel her over to the. The, the the pool and stuff but i said so are you okay with your chair getting wet the carpet's gonna get wet and stuff and they said yeah 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 so i just took the bucket poured it right all over her and her chair got all soaked and she got, <laughs> yeah, she was soaked, she was laughing she and smiling smile yeah 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 it's amazing you know? hitting carpet cool. you don't sit there and yeah. you don't think oh how are we gonna clean yeah. this up or whatever you just he poured the picture on it he let her in it so you're talking about in one night in one night three instances of 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 unlikelihood <clears throat> occur yeah while also in the mainstream of something happening nationally as well. And yeah. I didn't I didn't go into the baptism night like, God give us what's happening in Asbury. I mean that that's yeah. a silent prayer, but I'm not I'm not putting God right. in that box of I'm yeah. just saying, hey God, if it's for Asbury and these these colleges and universities, God bless it. I, I hope it give us the the harvesters that we need yep. in this harvest through those universities. Right. Yeah. Cause that's also what comes out of revivals is more people called to ministry, full-time ministry, yeah. preachers, pastors, missionaries, yeah. missionaries, which we desperately need right now. Yeah. Um, more churches are closing day by day because yeah. the, the boomer generation is retiring and they don't have mm -hmm. a pastor to fill the congregation anymore. Mm -hmm. So you're looking, okay, okay, God, you're doing something in universities. 
which is most scholars, uh, you know, Christian scholars say the issue in America, ethics and morality happens in our universities. Mm -hmm. So you got Christian universities who are kind of putting down the pivot saying, hey, this is going to be a place for violence. And then our own church, we're seeing a threat of, of God's mercy in the sense that we have Gen Z who just got baptized more than ever. We got to baptism, baptize a lot of beautiful young people who have autism. Amen. And then we got to do two individuals who were in their wheelchair with disabilities in one night. My God. Not in the course yeah. of like a couple years and, and we're trying to string God doing something. And it just like, wow, that was different. Yeah. You know, and this is in um, light of the current co- context that you just described to me before the show, as far as what the average church is is dealing with in regards to baptisms. Yeah, I mean, the, very low. The average church does anywhere between five and twenty baptisms a year. Yeah, and that's like if you're a, a thousand plus church. <laughs> it's not, you know, Aaron's church is uh, you know maybe membership wise three or four hundred people. You say right in terms mm-hmm. total membership. Mm-hmm. Maybe between three and five hundred people is Aaron's campus, Pomona, and he did eleven last night. Yeah, yeah. baptisms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's high. Yeah. And yeah. on you top know? of that, we also have True Love Waits, which is Gen Z, you know, happening yeah. that Wednesday as well, which is like I think over three hundred that had registered for that. No, six over six hundred. Over six hundred. Yeah, yeah, over six hundred. Oh, okay. So we're doing the pur- a purity uh, service, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that might be something different. But I know there's been over six hundred. And um, I think in that like. When we talk about what happened in the room at ALFC Rancho, ALFC Pomona, Asbury University, there are going to be people that have an encounter with (coughs) Jesus. It's going to be that demographic of people. We experience an encounter with Jesus. You're going to have some people that are curious. Yeah. That are either a part of that community or start driving or flying in. I'm curious to see what's going on. And then you have a lot of people that are reacting to it. They're not in the room. They're not even really curious. But they have influence. So they're reacting to it. And Mm -hmm. I think we live in a culture where on TikTok, social media and so forth, the reactions get more of views than the actual encounters. Yeah. So that's where if 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 Mm -hmm. if you if you're reacting to this and you're a pastor, be praying. I think that's the best response to this if you're not in the room. And then if you're also praying that like, man, I want I want to see God move in my community, not necessarily how it's happening in Asbury. It doesn't need to be. Like so, just like a Rancho yeah. Pomona thing, I'm so I'm so thrilled that 11 people decided to be made new last night. It's huge. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. so thrilled. Right. But so I don't look at that and be like, "Wait, you guys had 200?" Yeah, mm. right. <laughs> right, right, right. No, right. man, we had a yeah. le- man. Well, we had yeah. 11 people. Like that's huge. Uh, that is yeah. amazing, right? Yeah. So then there's that. Don't compare. Mm-hmm. Right. So the so the response is when we see God move. It's, it it tests it tests a Christian's heart. Yeah, like like yeah. Can here's you one rejoice? to your point. Here's one of the here's one of the critical things I've heard is um you know there's the famous churches all across America called IHOP churches, International Houses of Prayer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ever since their inception, they're known as doing 24 hours of prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've heard people of critical natures, not connected to IHOP, but just like you said, the people in the outdoor like. Why have not we not rejoiced at IHOP for 40 years? All of their churches do 24-hour prayer. Why Why mm. are we, mm. you know, gloating Asbury? And it's like, because they don't do that. It's, Correct. It's different in their nature. Yeah. International House of Prayer has, is always a beauty. That's, that's their, their yeah. vision. And, right. and they yeah. staff it that way. And it's beautiful that they yeah. do it. 
by someone giving credit to a move of God at Asbury doesn't mean that we're throwing a shaft at International House yeah, of Prayer sure. and 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 the and the word from God that that's like for us well, we believe in a diverse church our church is very diverse ethnically if if a church saw a revival of ethnic diversity for whatever reason mm-hmm. right like once they were all white church mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden somehow or, or opposite all black but now through just God's yeah. revival and his mercy this church starts diversifying and people start going in each other's homes and breaking yeah. bread of colors that they didn't you wouldn't go and be like well abundant living been doing that for 30 years they've been diversified yeah. no you praise God for, for something sure. that's uncanny yes. and unlikely that God, right. and so for us my revival wasn't in Asbury's way where you have just Gen Z kids mine is like Wow, look at these people with disabilities. Yes. Look at these young people with autism wanting to be baptized. To us, that is our version of a miracle that is unique to us. That goes, man, that don't happen uh, every every week for us. Yeah, and all the Gen Zs that God is drawing to himself. uh, And, uh, you know, and and IHOP and what's going on, two totally different animals. I mean, IHOP is a part of their their ministry, if you you look at their live streams on YouTube, um, you see the 24-hour live stream, and there's, you know, five people, ten people constantly in flux, yeah. coming and going, coming and going. This is obviously a totally different beast, number one. And number two is there are the, the IHOPs and the, 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 the Christians who have been praying for revival for decades now, this is this is an answer to their prayers. This yeah. is an answer to yeah. IHOP's prayer. Yeah. What do you think IHOP yeah. is praying every day for 30 years? <laughs> yeah. They're praying for this sort of revival. And if this happens across America, um, then then it'll be a true American Great Awakening on mm-hmm. the level of Jonathan Edwards during the Great Awakening and Whitfield and, and Wesley, um, which I could totally see this happening. If, if Totally. It, as it yeah. explodes, if you have Asbury's in, in every city, in every state, um, then then that is a, that's going to be a true Great Awakening, yeah. um, especially if it's accompanied by repentance, it's accompanied by uh, uh, cr- Christian leaders, Christian missionaries yeah. that are birthed from it. You know, it's, so it, it, it's the seeds the, yeah. we're seeing yeah. i think the seeds of something that could really and, turn and into i see that the, the fruit of it is right now happening in what what we need which is it's a revival of edu- in education sphere yes. didn't, this didn't happen in a church uh this didn't happen in a sunday gathering it yes. happened in the most unlikely of places which is a university chapel service well, something very you know, interesting let me add to that and you finish your thought yeah is every Great Awakening, the Great Awakenings that have happened in America that we know of, it all started uh, by young people in their 20s. That that is a key feature of every Great Awakening um, in America. It started with young people. Yeah. So continue. Yeah. I mean, that's just to your That's point. great. No, I, w- I want H's thoughts because he's uh, hopefully you got caught up now where we're at <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, conversation. Yeah. He's been gone for <laughs> the first 20 minutes. But I, I think you guys all said it. I think, you know, if it's a true re- revival, I think there needs to be some form of repentance. Right. So some form of, of conduct, orderly. Um, <laughs> uh, ethic know, and morale. Ethic uh, and yeah. Yes. Ethically um, and morality. Because, uh, you know, s- uh, you know, conversion. Some, I think there's a lot of movements happening within the world that we're not privy to. That is all based off of feeling and and too much Holy Spirit driven. That I think, you know, true revival like as what's happening in Asbury um, is very very gentle. You know, you've you've heard responses. It's it's a gentle move of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not overly feeling based. It's not, 
you know, over Holy Spirit based. It's mm. it's it's c- the conduct and, and kind of what you guys attested to, like it's <coughs> the leadership are conducting it in a way that's very orderly. It's mm-hmm. not out of order, you know. Yeah. And they so don't look crazy. It, they it, don't look like and they're if it's man's approach, yeah, it'll fizzle out. Mm-hmm. But if it's yeah. if it's if it's God ordained, I, I believe that we need to get out of the way and let let the move of God happen within this generation. And I think that's taking place right now in in, in um, Asbury. So, you know, the uh, the last the last <coughs> one, uh, the closest thing to a great awakening, I think, that that has has happened in the last 50 years, 40 years was the Jesus movement in the 70s. Right. Okay. From the Jesus movement. Which a movie is coming out. Yeah. Not to yeah, promo. Yeah. They didn't pay with me the for it. From, uh, Jones, if they want to, though. But with the Jesus oh. actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the St. Yeah. Jonathan so, Rumi or whatever. So that's yeah. where the Calvary Chapels were birthed. Yeah. That's where so much... Vi- that, uh, vi- vineyard movement is out of there, I think. Vineyard movement. A yeah. lot of the great music yeah. came from that. That would okay. go into yeah. the 80s and the 90s and the... Um, all of the new music uh, kind of sprang from that. Yep. Um, and uh, th- that was like a, but that was like, this. it's going to be a great movie because from the previews, I I got the spirit of it. It, it was basically a hippie movement. It, it was, was coming from the young yeah. people. That's right. And they hate, yeah. and the critics, there were critics because it was suit and tie to church. That's how mm-hmm. it was. And the critics came out because they discounted the young people. They discounted uh, right. God moving, and and then the biggest criticism was, look at those hippies. It, look at those hippies. You know, like mm-hmm. there's no way those hippies could right. be a, have a radical transformation in Christ. If God's going to do anything, He's going to do it in the Sunday pews with the guys that are wearing suits and ties. So right. that's where it's going to happen. In you know? 1970, this happened in 1970 at Asbury. Yes. So then they sent. Was it the seventies? The yeah. first time it happened. Yeah. yeah. It was February third, yeah. nineteen seventy. So, so that's why people are kind of geeking out. Mm. This is around the same time, right? But they would send those kids that were in that movement to different churches to speak about it. Mm. And when testify. Those, so when they would go, the pastors would get offended. Why is this boy wearing a, long, a short sleeve shirt? Because mm. you could wear a shirt, mm-hmm. a short sleeve shirt mm. in their church. Yeah. So sometime, like going back. The aesthetic of how it has to look yeah. can get in the way of God moving. So it's yeah. like, I, I want to hear from what happened, for, but can you can you get a jacket? Can you get a tie? Can you, why does yeah. it require that? Uh, this question, do you think denomination has to do with anything? Because it, it's at a Wesleyan yeah. church. We were yeah. talking about okay. that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, okay. yeah. I'm like, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, because yeah, like, it's... Because they're Methodist, basically. Yeah, right. right. And, and yeah. They're, they're, you know, if you were to say, you know, the thought of theology is more Armenian than Calvinist. One hundred percent. Right. right. Yeah. So they're more free to to exactly, invite the right. Holy Spirit right. in and to have that. One hundred percent. And also, yeah. in the, and the Pentecostal uh, denomination is the largest growing Christian uh, denomination in the world. So it goes to that point because uh, Pentecostalism which, which is, is rooted Wesleyan, in Wesleyan. Is rooted yeah. in Wesleyan. Yeah. It's definitely more Armenian than it is Calvinist, but. Um, uh, but yeah, we were just talking about how during the Great Awakening, during uh, the early America, it was Whitfield and it was Wesley who were the two giants mm-hmm. of who 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 helped help cause that. Whitfield being the great Calvinist evangelist, and then Wesley being the great Arminian mm-hmm. um, evangelist, and that 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 sprung. It sprung so many. Actually, people don't realize this that a lot of the um, Harvards, the Yales, mm-hmm. the Princetons in America, Columbia. were all a result. Of that great awakening, mm-hmm. so the roots of that, it was, the seeds let's of that, education. was the great awakening. It USC, was Christian. Um, uh, it was a Christian <laughs> yeah. movement. Yeah, and so um, it, it's just it's profound. Uh, 
you know, just, you know, what we're seeing, you know. I wonder, yeah, and I wonder within this how technology is going to play a part in it. In, like to Aaron's point of saying that, you know, in the 70s, the, the mode of transportation, I mean, the mm -hmm. mode of communication would be still the day of heralds, which is yeah. uh, go out to church and testify and all that, which is definitely still an element in the church today. But you have this moment because I don't think the Asbury revival in the seventies even look like what it is right now. They're already past the, the, the marker mm -hmm. of the hundred hours. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. already thousands. I don't know that the original Asbury one in seventies had as many people now are congregating to it because of technology, because mm -hmm. of transportation and easiness and, you know, low cost of a flight to get over there. And so I wonder through technology and other systems, how this is going to, because I hear it, number one, we already got about five universities who are already hitting the same thing. Mm. Um, I think the earliest university is on their fourth day now, because wow. this Asbury one's mm. on their eighth day mm. uh, as we're doing this. So, what's going to happen in the education field? What's going to happen to other universities um, as other Christian university uh, presidents are going to have to monitor this? Like, what's happening? If students come in our space, are we going to damper the spirit? Yeah. Are we going to tell them get back to class? Are we going to tell you know, they're going to have a lot a part to play in what's going on, and then and then us pastors in local churches, like the thing you're saying is is we have to evaluate that more than likely this isn't going to happen through us or or through our like it's going to happen in our church mm -hmm. just like it could it happened in the Jesus movement, mm -hmm. but not every church embraced the Jesus movement. Mm -hmm. A lot of churches actually discouraged the Jesus movement. So let's just put our our instances. Would be would we be if we be a church that whatever movement this could be, um, if it is one, if we're a church that embraces it, more than likely it's going to have nothing to do with you, pastor. You mm -hmm. know, more than likely mm -hmm. it's not going to have. Which in the modern American, mm -hmm. you know, self, uh, you know, identity obsessed thing, a pastor is going to potentially be thinking how how can I get myself in the middle of this? How can I be a part of this? How can I potentially propagate this on a Sunday? Yeah. And that's why, like I've said, like I said earlier, it's like I'm just telling people in our teams is like, should the people want it, it's theirs for sure. In our mm -hmm. church, we're, we're, it's available. We <clears throat> we will make it happen. Whatever God wants to do in this, but by no means am I sitting up late at night thinking on how can I do what is happening in Kentucky. It's mm -hmm. not my place to do that. It mm -hmm. is completely both a move of the spirit and a move of the congregants, mm -hmm. the people that gather. The priests actually have nothing to do with this in this moment, nor do any of the priests potentially yeah, ever do, other people, than just yeah. lighting the fire. So we yeah. know that, you know, Whitfield and Wesley, they were fire starters and they were preachers, but the right. awakenings themselves, it was it was the moment of the people. Right. It, was, mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a conversion of heart, a conversion of ethic, a conversion yeah. of morality. And so I think with Gen Z, what, what's going to be transformational is will they begin to change the pendulum for us when it comes to ethics and morality in America? Hmm. Will they make, will they allow us yeah, to take one. this ship that's ha in America, yeah. which is education and, mm -hmm. and, and moral decay? Right. Are they going to help us turn the ship there? Mm. There we've been saying for years now that their Gen Z is the most open spiritually than any other generation. So if there is something that God wants to do within its people in terms of an awakening or a revival, it would, ha it would happen through Gen Z, and it would have to be something they truly decide that they right. want to do for themselves. And then they have to take it into all spheres of their life, 
uh, yeah. education, yeah. business, everything. Personal, it, spiritual. Yeah. Because without without repentance and a change of morality, there that can't be disconnected from revival. It's not a revival. Sure. If there if there's mm-hmm. not repentance. Singing I'm, songs and John, gathering John, in a John, building yeah, is not Jonathan, enough. Jonathan yeah. Edwards, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, is the most famous yeah. sermon that happened during the Great Awakening. Please, and the, Mr. Ac- the accounts are <laughs> that people were, 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 were just crying, weeping, um, clutching the pews, afraid that they would go to hell because they were so convicted of their sins. And um, he, he, I mean, w- when you... S- understand Jonathan Edwards, how he preached. He was very dry. He yep. would just read a manuscript. He was very dry. I mean, he wasn't like the Whitfields, the, 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 the popular uh, evangelist yeah. of his day, very dry. And so all the more so a response like that was a testament to the spirit, but it all centered around this deep contrition of sin and yeah. repentance. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know? I mean, he wrote a, a, a little book to resolutions for students. Mm-hmm. Attaining to mm-hmm. that great awakening, yeah. resolve to live above this. Resolve to know that my time is limited. Resolve to know that life is is approach. You know, death right, is approaching. Right, so, right. so you, you see those two great you know uh, uh, books that that you you hear from Jonathan Edwards of just encouraging them like this is more than just a move of God. This is this is true repentance. This is true, uh, and from those repentance is is you know what we hear now is is the testimonies of of people sharing that yeah that kind of affected. The mm-hmm. wave of, right. of, of of churches, you know, transforming. So, yeah. um, what's it called? Resolutions uh, for students. Resolutions for students. Um, resolutions for students. Yeah, mm. I think it's like. Uh, uh, I'm looking it up right now. Oh man, you know, Pastor Adam, when you were th- talking about like, and then Pastor Kayla's point about like the revival, but coupled with that, the re- the repentance and, and, and the moral conduct and like the next generation kind of taking it, I got a picture of like, it can't be about the pastor. Mm-hmm. It can't, like mm-hmm. orchestrating it. Like if, if the pastor gets too he- hands-on involved, what came to my mind was Aaron. When, when, when Moses is away, actually hearing from God, the people are now dependent on Aaron. What do we do next? Yeah. So if you look at it from a distance, it could have looked like revival. They're just worshiping the wrong God. There's there's participation, there's sacrifice, there's dancing, there's singing and so forth. But it wasn't to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 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 it was a revival of sorts, but but, but uh yeah, not one that of was heart, mind and soul. Yes. That's that we see the fruit of it generally happens in within the, the transformation of ethics and morality. And that happens when you are broken about your sin. Yeah. So it's like the goodness of God leads to repentance. Why? Because I know how broken I am, and when I confess that, I can receive God's love. That's revival in my heart that leads to me wanting discipleship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. right. It, it, yeah, it, it's it's actually the starting point of a long road that's ahead. Correct. Um, which a lot of people look at it as the as the final moment no. you know which is like oh i was redeemed that moment was beautiful but it transgresses it's mm-hmm. it's not um and i appreciate what some individuals are doing you know d- do what you want to do in terms of being in the power of the spirit but like someone someone um you know driving there or flying there just to just to you know sit in it a little bit or whatever like that's great for you that you're going to asbury or whatever 
but because I've even thought that I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm a pastor. It, it just, why not? Why don't mm -hmm. I pop over to Asbury, take a quick flight? Mm -hmm. You know, it's happening 24 hours a day. But then there was the other side of me that was like, Adam, why don't you just pray for your church, pray for <laughs> yeah. your people, yeah. you know, like right. to pray. Yeah. Why, why do I need to go to Asbury? Like right. I yeah. have social media. I, I, I'm on the TikTok algorithm with it already. Every other video I get yeah. is an updated. So I'm a part of it. I see it. For it sure. has stirred my heart. Yes. But it, you know, it, I don't need to go, like, I don't, I'm a believer already. Mm -hmm. Like I, I already, I'm already saved. I'm already redeemed. I had that, what happening to them that happened to me independently in 2007 when I gave my life to the Lord, when Caleb gave me the gospel That's it. and I did yep. change That's my it. ethics and morality, yeah. everything in my life changed. Didn't mean I wasn't going to struggle anymore, but my life radically changed in that moment. God does a revival of the heart independently all the time, but it's rare that it happens corporately with a group of people mm -hmm, and what mm -hmm. better way that yeah. it happened to a bunch of kids who are in their teens and twenties mm -hmm. who more than likely a lot of them weren't believers. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're at a Christian university, maybe because their parents sent them. I mean, I sit on the board of a university. Mm -hmm. I look at those faces, a bunch of those faces. I'm often like, you don't want to be here, you know, <laughs> like, and it's a Christian right. university, yeah. you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like, okay. But, yeah. but my prayer for them is God, I pray that they get to a point that they want to be here. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, there are more students in Christian universities who are pushing for LGBT groups and uh, in Christian universities yeah. mm -hmm. for LGBT groups. They're right. pushing for, all these other uh, apostles well, of that instead yeah. of the gospel. <laughs> Why can't we put our pronouns in our Zooms for our class? Why can't, mm -hmm. I mean, they've just been yeah. fighting for, to be honest to me, you know, just ridiculous things to fight for in a Christian university. Mm -hmm. They, like Caleb just said, they've been fighting for the world standard of conduct right. in these universities. And I talk to the university presidents, I talk to the university leaders, and they're like, my heart breaks for this generation because they are so blinded. Yeah. by the world standard because they're yeah. most of them are coming from public school so they've already had such an influence from secular teachers that have said this is the way life is supposed to look and they go to the christian university and they really just become a pain in the butt mm. of trying to become worldly mm. and so you're seeing this moment lord willing that if it happened in university and many universities that they pivot from a place of e evangelist for the world mm. to an evangelist of the gospel to make the main thing the main thing. We came to this institution to seek the face of God and to learn God while also mm -hmm. being able to, you know, create a living for ourselves when mm -hmm. we graduate. And more than likely, majority of that room at any common point in the university is, is going to be a lot of unbelievers. So, so what better way that this transformation of heart happened in a university, but, but, but Lord willing spill into the churches so that Heck people yeah. that are lost in their thirties, forties and fifties. So it really doesn't have anything to do with me. Who's already, I mean, I'm imperfect, but I'm already a saved sanctified believer. Yes. Mm -hmm. The, the revi revival is not for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it, 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 you know, and I'll say this: it's for sinners. Uh, we're we're, <laughs> yeah. we're we're sin abounds, grace abounds much. There's some similarities with the Jesus movement in the '70s. I want to point out. 70s, it was uh, uh, the, the, the coming off the 60s, the sexual revolutions yeah. uh, hit. You have uh, the huge drug culture, yeah. and you have a distrust in the government through Vietnam and so on. Three things that that we are also experiencing in our current day and age. Yeah. You have every young woman who's on OnlyFans. Well, what seems like every young woman on OnlyFans. <laughs> you have young men who are paying them on OnlyFans. Yeah. Pornography, uh, porn addicts. Uh, we have an opioid know, sex addicts, fentanyl crisis. Opioid, uh, yeah, fentanyl drug, is the number one killer um, right LSD now. LSD 
is now being yep. pro uh, uh, what we've talked about. Uh, yep. DMT is is being promoted now. Pastor um, Caleb, we've had nobody trusts the government. <laughs> so <laughs> so you have like this this kind of uh, perfect storm where where There's something where people yep. are hungry, people are are realizing uh, the the result of that sin doesn't satisfy that that it's leaving them miserable and purposeless, and so it's kind of this perfect. And, and what I was going to share is we've had sixty seven mass shootings so far Jeez. this year. Yeah, wow. We've had more yeah. mass shootings than days this year. So it's a dark time right yeah. now. But, so, but in this dark time, you're seeing this bright light being shown. And mm -hmm. that's, that gives cause to rejoice. To your, to your point earlier when you said revival's not for me because I am safe. I have, say, I, I have a discipline to open my own Bible. I was, a, I was away preaching at a high school camp. And then, so you get contracted to speak a Friday night, two on Saturday, one on Sunday. So then on the Friday night, there's eight different churches. There's 298 high school kids. I don't know what to expect. Kids walk in on the first song. Kids are coming up to the altar crying. We want more of God. People are crying. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, people are already here. They're they, already here. So then I rejoice. This is not a moment necessarily for me, but it's like, hey, God, I have something prepared, but what do you want done in this moment? Mm, yeah, now yeah, now yeah. I'm contracted yeah. to do something, right. but I need to take the courage to say, hey, when I go on stage, can I take two microphones? Can it, can it just be more of a conversation? Mm -hmm. Because I don't think these kids need more content. I think they need conversation. Right. So that night, I just have a microphone with me. Hey. Say right. Oh, Phil. Okay. <laughs> um, what are you thinking? What are you processing about that? Hey, yeah. who wants to read Romans chapter this? Who? And then through that conversation, yeah. now people are more open about confession in their cabins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think I think what we're seeing in Asbury gives us an opportunity to be praying for that. Like Lord, as they have that encounter in their room, may you partner with them with someone else that they can confess to and that they can walk through further. Because like what Pastor Caleb said, it is dark days. They come out of that room and they're still faced with the realities of, oh, I have the same boyfriend. I mm -hmm. have the same text messages. I have the same apps yeah. that I go to. Who do I walk with after yeah. I get out of that room? And Lord willing, like what you're saying, same, same, same. You get to a point. I know how it was for me. When I met the Lord, it was a hard stop on everything. Mm -hmm. I called every girlfriend I had at the time. I had everything. I, I literally, I literally started carrying a Bible in my hand like I'd never done before. Me and Caleb, even um, we, you know, back then it was <laughs> shoelaces were popular to wear as your belt, and so we would take a Gideon Bible, <laughs> and we would and we would slide the small Gideon Bible in our in our shoelace. Oh, you know how like old men have the the phone clip where the lifts up the shirt over it. Yeah, we would yeah. have that with a Gideon Bible and I'd walk around school and, and, uh, I was a senior, yeah, but strapped. I, I was, uh, yeah, right. I had my strap on me, my Gideon Bible. Hey, let's bring that back. Those of you listening. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring that back. Start wearing your Gideon belt, uh, Bible in your belt loop. But I mean, for me, it was, it was radical transformation. It was, it was my life no longer looks the same. Mm -hmm. Now, over years that would progress, yeah, the, the fire would, in the way that it was, would stop burning. And I found myself having issues that I had had when I first met the yes. Lord. But I'm telling you, for the first three or four years, I mean, you 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 couldn't put porn in front of me and pay me to watch it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, mm -hmm. it was just my, my heart was set and it was contrite because I had taken such a shift. Now you have to steward that. Now you have to disciple it in. Now mm -hmm. you have to, but Lord willing, when you encounter, it's a wrap. Like yeah. 
you walk, it doesn't mean your struggles aren't going to be there anymore, but in that moment, it becomes a wrap. Mm-hmm. The, you, the, conversa- the tough conversations go and happen. You say no to your flesh and your sin. You walk out decisive mm-hmm. with your life is no longer the same. Mm-hmm. It's the statements like Jesus. It's better that you be hot and cold than lukewarm. I spit you out. Like for me, the convert my conversion story, and I saw it in Caleb's life. I, you know, he used to be a real pompous, arrogant, you know, didn't jerk care that about nobody. didn't ca- only cared about himself. And then when he got saved, wow. he, Adam, how's your day? Blah blah. It was a guy I knew for, you know, 15, 16 years of my life who was just, you know, mean, you know. And then it's yeah. like he wasn't any. Now he cared about you. Now he was like, oh, I see change in this guy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who are often saying, like, how do I witness to my family members? I think a big part of it is hopefully if you've truly met Christ, there should be enough life change in you that yes. it is evident from everyone. Yes. If it's not evident there and you're really trying to figure out how to be a light to other people, you might need to evaluate what has changed in your walk and in your life that people can genuinely see it, experience it, and feel it, feel what do you have to say towards that? Well, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was the same way when I when I first got saved. It was radical for me, like six was six years ago. Six years ago, uh, February nineteenth, two thousand seventeen. Dang, February, okay. February seventeenth. Wow, and and Isn't you know the life I was the the life oh, I was no. living before that was I, I I shut it all down like. Sold my bike, cut my hair. Like it was a radical change for me. Like I did everything that I that I thought was the right way to do it. Like um, so, getting saved for me wasn't a, wasn't a game. It wasn't a joke. Like I I did exactly what. And you people did. around you, it was evident. Oh, one hundred percent. Even my family to this day, because I was like you were saying, I was like uh, Pastor Caleb was the the mean guy. Like even my family, I, you're a different person now, and I'm like. Yeah, like 100% in a short period of time. Like, it didn't take the five years. Like, I've been doing it for <laughs> yeah. six years. It was like that moment. Like, I needed to change it right now. Mm-hmm. And and my brothers, my mom, even even some of the club the club guys still look at me today like, man, we know you're different, but we know you. Like, I'm like, no, no, you don't. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is the me now. Like, I'm not that that guy no more. Like, wow. and, you know, I was. I and was, in the process of time in discipleship, I mean, that's when you started to learn Bible stories and Bible things to help kind of build a foundation for decisions you already made by the conversion of your heart. I mean, because when the Holy Spirit moves, it's it's a work of the Spirit. It's transformation of the Spirit. I don't have to map out for you what you need to give up. You know, you know what you need to give up. That that that's the work of the Spirit. But now, as you started to become discipled and in the discipleship process, now Phil, for you, we're like building a foundation that is biblical. That you go, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's why I know I'm not doing that anymore. And then as you made mistakes, because I, I walked you down that process, I mean, we would handle those together. Mm-hmm. We would put full stops, little things that Phil would go, I just didn't think that was a big deal. It's like, bro, that is. Mm-hmm. It is a big deal mm-hmm. with our walk in Christ. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, then I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, because when you have a true conversion of heart, you truly want to make the Lord happy. You truly want to be in unity with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so you you don't have to be, you know, sometimes I walk with people and it's like, they want me to convince them why they have to give up something in their walk. And right. I'm like, listen, it ain't my no, job. You no, got the yeah. spirit. Like, yeah. I don't, I shouldn't have to convince you. Mm-hmm. Or they're looking for some type of miraculous, you know, the deliverance culture is big too. And what I would say, Heron was kind of nuancing too. And these movements that are kind of 
emotionally fabricating. I want to say fabricate, but whatever. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> but they're calling them deliverance movements, right? Mm -hmm. It's in these deliverance. Right. You know, we're all going to come. And it, I've seen people that have been saved for 15 years that are still getting delivered every other week mm -hmm. in for those sure. deliverance right. movements. And I'm going, guys, like, and then, and, then, yeah. and then they go, you know, you go to one of those deliverance services. They're like, anyone here for the first time? And no one is. Everyone yeah. been in that church for nine years, but they're but they're gonna yeah. people are gonna be slain. People are gonna say hi. Demons leave me. I'm like right. y'all. That that's not revival. Right. It, right, revival right. happens in sinners in unbelievers. Right. It, it doesn't necessarily. There is a revival and awakening that can occur in God's church that goes. Hey, we were we were doing this and now we're gonna do this. God can do that. Yeah. But the revival of heart and the revival of the spirit of salvation. I mean, that's deliverance. That's what, deli and so that's why I always tell people like, like deliverance doesn't look like shaking, spatting, comedy, uh, coughing, sure. vomiting. Now, can someone be demonically uh, uh, possessed? Yeah, sure. And that could be nuances, but that's not happening mm -hmm. at every deliverance service. you can't service. plan that you know, like they yeah, do. They no, plan yeah. it and you see the th same thing every time. And a lot of people just want attention. You know, they, just, they just want the attention. And so they'll just act crazy. And that's the thing with this is that you don't see any of that. You yeah. don't see any of that um, that that hyper emotionalism, the the craziness of a kind of these typical deliverance ministries that are have these deliverances every week. Um, a lot of them pa are paid actors. You end up finding out you actually a lot of the, sometimes you yeah. see the same person who or they or they're the person that come. Or, yeah, they go to the yeah. they go to church the most and and kind of yeah. always have that experience. You know, yeah. right, right, right. So here, I mean, people are contrite. People are worshiping. They're raising hand. Nobody's at the center of attention. And they're loving they're, one another. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big sign, too. You have people in these services who are, you know, one guy went up there and he gave a testimony how he graduated college. He hasn't been able to find a job. I mean, he's really crying. He's like, can't find a job. I can't pay my bills. People just started walking up, putting money at his feet in that moment. He just breaks down. He starts yeah. crying. It's mm -hmm. like it's, yeah. you know, the, the you know, Jesus says it will know us by our love, you know. And so you see people like you said, the, the guy who, who showed up. And said, God, I w I'm skeptical with you, but I want to see you. What happened? Congregates walked up to him. Congregate gave him. It wasn't the pastor. The pastor didn't stand from the podium and go, hold on, hold on. And, and I, yeah, the prophetic yeah, yeah. moments happen, but that's not, that's yeah. generally our view of a prophetic moment. It's not the pastor on the pulpit going, hey, 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 you know, getting some telepathic word from heaven. Now that stuff does occur at times, but... What I'm saying, like in these cases, in true revival, it's the congregants who are being responsible for their love. It's congregants being responsible for how they represent the gospel. And God is doing a work through them, not the stage. Mm. So people are being prayed yes. for. People are being broken free in the corner. In yeah, the, and right. then they could testify. They'll come on stage yeah, and give right. a testify so that we could celebrate at the work of God. But it's not uh, necessarily a greatest showman experience where everyone's coming to the altar and you're doing now those things happen. It even ha has happened in Asbury. Kids have been falling at the altar, but that's not the only sign in our head. Like when I talk to other pastors or you talk to church, leaders, like there's this idea is like, we just want everyone to come and fall at the altar. And I want the pastor, you know, recently we did a prayer night and I had all of our elders, deacons pray. I'm like, you guys, cause I'm like, we're going to pray for those that are really burdened. Mm. A lot of people thought it, I was going to do it. Like I was going to go lay hands on. And I'm like, no, Y'all, come on. Like, this is a church thing. This ain't, yeah. a, this ain't a, a pastor thing. Yes. Like, this is us. Yes. If we want this, we got to get this yes. together. It had nothing to do from what I had. You know, I've seen uh, conference openers that say revival is here, and the crowd goes nuts, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, you know. 
name it and claim it. Sure, revival is here. Like, but revival is not said in the moment. For sure. Even though Asbury is still in the moment, so we can't say it because we, you know, yeah. we eight days straight. So, and there's other universities going on that are happening. Now you can start to say, oh, God is doing something unique. Because even for me as a pastor, if me and Caleb went behind a room and we said, okay, what could we do to go eight days straight of prayer and music? There's not enough money in this world that we could fabricate for sure. That mm -mm. moment, no, nope. for sure. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, mm -hmm. no way. But the but the but my prayer in it is uh, everything that's going to happen in Asbury is going to be beautiful and it's going to impact their local area. My prayer is that it would extend not in their local area and extend in America. And and the proof in the pudding is like what we've been saying. It's going to be the fact that does the ship turn, um, not not just through unbelievers in America, but does the ship turn in, in God's church with the Gen Z that are there yeah. right now? Are there going to be churches that pop out of this? Are there going to be pastors and missionaries mm -hmm. and yeah. all these people that are going to come out of it and begin to pastor God's church that is really needed right now? You know, yeah. um, uh, I don't think we've ever gone in a time right now, at least in modern American history, where you didn't have a set amount of pastors who you knew that were kind of leading movements of the next generation. Yeah. Like right now, they're all retiring. Mm -hmm. You know, like you don't have, you don't have anyone, because I mean, you think about Billy Graham. Billy Graham yeah. started getting his respect in his 30s. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and who can 40s. you name right now yeah. in America, but really it started his 30s. I mean, yeah. his crusades were happening in his early right. 30s. Yeah, Youth for a Crisis where he started. Yeah, and that was his late 20s. Yeah. So you, you yeah. ask yourself, who in their 30s right now and 40s are really garnering pure responsible discipleship and movement in America right now? There's almost none. They're mm -hmm. all older and they're retiring. But we never got in a we've never gone in a yeah. moment right now where um there's never not a time where we don't really have any responsible pastors that are garnering ethics and morale. I mean, you just think of the days with like Larry King on CNN. I mean, he would have Billy Graham. He would have John MacArthur. He would have even Joel Osteen. I yeah, mean, yeah, they, yeah. there was this, hey, allow American preachers to come and give a voice and an opinion on these things. But a lot of the 30 and 40 year old pastors have unfortunately leaned towards the celebrityism. That that they're not really they're none of them are speaking towards they don't speak towards abortion they don't speak towards uh, uh, right. gender they don't speak speak towards sexuality they they basically just take the opinion well would the Lord save them they'll begin to figure it out and it's just kind of like come on we we have influence <laughs> we have a voice we gotta speak on it we we gotta address these things because that is what leads to revival a, a voice crying in the wilderness. You know, like John the Baptist, yeah. he wasn't in the city center in Jerusalem. Sure. Uh, speaking of, he's he was off in a little place called Asbury, you know, in Kentucky, right? Like it just—it's the most un uncommon of places. You yeah, know, and I don't think it's going to happen. I I don't think people are are kind of always ask, uh, well, who's the next Billy Graham of this generation? I think the time of that celebrity uh, leader, one one huge leader who kind of. Is 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 not going to happen that way because with the rise of social media and increase of knowledge and um, and and just so much skepticism and yeah. and jadedness from the church and and cr Christianity, you know, Billy Graham could rise up because the culture was very Protestant. It was in their it was their language. It was their it was their culture, and so he, he could rise up. And it, there wasn't 
as much media and, and knowledge and so on. And uh, the culture was did gravitate more around a celebrity uh, figure. But I think now it's going to happen amongst the people. It's not going to be celebrity pastor preacher driven but don't you it's think amongst happen. the people you're gonna ha you're gonna you have movements and you obviously have leaders within leader. those those movements so like, my, well, you, my, you're gonna you have, know you're gonna have known leaders but but like asbury's is kind of the model that i'm seeing if it if, you know if, if yeah but in the sparks. jesus movement you, you so in the jesus movement same thing but you had um you had um um Chuck Chuck Smith from Calvary Chapel, like yeah. that's what I'm meaning. Like you have a Calvary Chapel movement. I could say Calvary Chapel to a right. lot of people. They know who, what that is. Yeah, they definitely know Calvary Chapel's name more than they know Chuck Smith's name. That's kind of the point I'm making with like where are those individuals in the 30s and 40s? Not necessarily. No, I agree with you. you. Know, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. I'm just saying like I'm just saying like this big. Like dynamic, oh, yeah. no. dynamic, filling, filling twenty thousand feet of auditorium just to hear that one man. No, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. days yeah. are over. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. The, yeah. I think those days are and over. And I also don't think That's the platform is. I know Ruslan just said that that he thinks the modern church is like a YouTube space. I, I kind of think that that's. You know, so my, oh, yeah. my that's a bad is, take. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's just a different leader. It's no longer about sermons because the market is saturated with sermons. Yeah. All you got to do is go on YouTube and put your topic and you can get the best communicator. I think the yeah. best sermons now are a preacher's lifestyle. A, a, a leader being able to open their life and you be able to see, okay, how do they really treat their spouse? How do they really treat their kids? How do they and really treat their kids? Yes. I, I would yes. say the preach, like you're saying, but I would say the preacher and the people. It's... The greatest sermon that's preached is going to be people's lives. Yes. You know? Yes. That's where the real, like what Phil said earlier, people knew me this way. I've had an encounter with God, and now I can't reconcile this new feel. How, how did Phil 2.0 happen? And then that speaks to Jesus more than Phil giving three points about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, so, right. So, so wherever Phil goes, wherever Heron goes, we are representatives and ambassadors of Christ. And then can Jesus trust us at an unplanned time for something to break out? Yeah. So just mm -hmm. like the individual that at, at Asbury, like you said earlier, it, he wasn't. It, it was it, it was normal. It was it was just it was just. But what it was, God said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do something at this moment. And and can we handle that? Are we ready? So I looked at yeah. a, a, a a clip and they had like Rice Krispie treats and waters and all these things, just trying to facilitate, <laughs> trying to facilitate it. And I, it just made me think because I like to be planned and I like to have yeah, things yeah, in yeah. order. But it's like God's thoughts on transformation in people's lives don't necessarily need our planning skills. Mm -hmm. We just need to surrender and yeah. allow that to happen. Yeah. So the next leader has to be more led by the spirit than by what his his influence is and what I want to share at this moment. And how many YouTube followers yeah. you have and Instagram followers and, you know, guys who are taking that taking that take i mean I, I i disagree i i don't think influence um comes from uh what's happening on social media i mean that that is gonna that 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 exposes i mean we're seeing what's happening with asbury online but at the end of the day people are saying they want something in person so it's right. not personality right. driven it's not what's happening on social media but also i think this change of pace and if there's anyone that is listening to us that's gen z based you know, the, the biggest picture right now, what I would be doing if I was Gen Z person and I was praying for something, I, I would start reading the book of Esther because 
this is what I think of what will happen in the book of Esther is you have Esther who becomes the queen to Xerxes. And then you have Haman who wants to, because of Mordecai, he wants to kill all mm -hmm. of the Jews. Mm -hmm. And so Esther, um, because it's the only book of the Bible that doesn't say the word of God. So you have to begin to see where God's threat is and where the application is. So Esther eventually goes to the king to intercede for Mordecai's behalf. Mm -hmm. And then eventually we know that Haman gets hung mm -hmm. at the end result of him trying to kill mm -hmm. Mordecai and all of the Jews. And so to me, what's going to happen is Gen Z is going to have to start drawing a line in the sand. So that, so some of them are going to be in a secular university. And right now at a lot of secular universities we talked about before, they're having um, uh, freshman seminar classes where you have to write a paper on how you're going to be inclusive of all genders, how you're going to mm -hmm. be inclusive. So Gen Z kid, a Christian Gen Z person is going to have to draw a line in the sand yeah. and they're going to say, I won't be writing that paper. Mm -hmm. And then what's going to happen is the professor is going to say, well, then we're going to murder you. Mm -hmm. They're going to be Haman. Mm -hmm. They're going to be Haman. And then what that person has to do is they have to be like Esther and they got to go to the king. You got to go to God with it. Yes. You mm -hmm. got to give it to God, but you yeah. have to draw the line in the sand. To me, the book of Esther represents the responsibilities and the call that God has for Gen Z, which is you guys start to what millennials failed at. You start to draw the line in the sand. You start to say what you will and won't do in your public schools, in your public universities, yeah. at Heck your yeah. workplaces. Mm -hmm. And then when Haman comes to fire you, to murder you, to hang you, to do whatever, cancel you, lose you on social media, kill your LinkedIn profile, whatever, you say, God, like Esther did, it is in your hands. Will you not intercede for me? And you, you just got to let God be God. Yeah. Because if yeah. he has called for an ethical, moral uh, right. unity, if it's awakening, then God also will say, I will finish this. Mm -hmm. you, you, you be the light, but I will. I'll be Xerxes. I will step in and I will redeem you have to I, how I redeem you. May you lose your job? Yes, but God will be there with you. May you get kicked out of your school? Yes, but God will be there with you. That is what it's going to take in this next season to what I believe to truly see the transformation that we've been praying for. And it's probably not going to be in our age group here right now. There's you know, like yeah. it's going to be There's the ones who it cost. affects yeah. the most, which yeah. are is Gen Z. Yeah, they, they right now are the one. Many of us are in our 30s and 40s. We don't feel that pressure anymore. Mm -hmm. We're not in school. We're not in. You know, it's like, but I feel that for my son. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, so Lord willing, maybe Gen Z through these moments and whatever's got to do in the universities will establish. And then maybe us Christians will also recognize how valuable Christian education is. Yep. Maybe mm -hmm. we'll start donating. Maybe we'll start funding like because it. the government yeah. funds public schools a lot, like majority it. of it. So if we see the value in these Christian universities, and I've always told this when I've spoke publicly, you've been with me with Aaron in uh, pastor groups. I've said, if you have not adopted a university as your own, that you fund, that's Christian, that you are through your church giving as a missions outreach, then you are failing as a pastor right now because the Christian university is the hope for America. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that I've been saying it for over two years and we're starting to see that. And so if I was a pastor and I say, well, how do I steward what's God going to universities? Find out what Christian universities in your backyard and just start blessing them with mm -hmm. whatever you can and whatever's realistic, but start sowing seeds so that as God begins to fruitfully do these things, it could take six months, it could take a few years, but start sowing into the Christian university mm -hmm. so that when the student does get kicked out of USC or whatever else, 
that there's a fundamental uh, establishment that we have made at churches to make sure that there's a place for them to go that will receive them, that will accept them. Mm -hmm. And you got to be willing to put it all on the line in that way. Mm -hmm. I'd imagine uh, charismatic uh, col colleges, universities are salivating at the mouth right now, looking at Asbury because I, I don't yeah. think Asbury being Wesley. They're not I, charismatic. I they're they're, they're charismatic. still very old school in nature. And you're yep. part of the Life Pacific Board, which is one of the premier uh, charismatic uh, uni universities. I don't know if you've talked to them yet, but what do you think uh, as they gather with their leadership and trying to think through this and how they can bring that to to, to their university they what do you think they're going to say like a week ago they just right? had a they just <clears throat> celebrated 100 years which was one of their revivals that happened in uh, uh 1923 with the establishment of the school mm -hmm. and so i know that i know they're praying for it i know that they're hoping for it here's what i think we should do i think we should call the campus pastor at lpu right now live and see what dan says <laughs> what's happening it. at life pacific university bishop Pastor Dan Fernandez. Come in. Guess what? What? I got you live on the podcast right now because <laughs> we're talking about the Asbury Revival. Okay. And my brother just posed a question and he said, hey, you sit on the board. I wonder what's happening in the hearts of the students right now at LPU. Mm. You, know, what, you know, have you talked to them? I said, well, I'm seeing posts from them and stuff, but better yet, why don't we hear from the horse's mouth? What's, <laughs> what's happening at LPU right now? Dude, so obviously incredible. It's so funny, like the 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 revival is like kind of controversial. Like people are like, yeah, just everyone has an opinion and can't just stop and pause and be like, this is incredible. God's clearly moving. Um, and I was I was actually talking to someone recently and just thinking like, Asbury is it just like a visitation from God, I think it's an invitation. Like for us, the church, for Christian, uh, you know, universities, for people to go, hey, what, what's the Lord inviting us to? Um, obviously, people are flying into Asbury and they're doing that, that whole thing, and it's great. It'd be awesome to go. Um, if you go, I'm rolling with you. I'll bring your, I'll carry your Bible with, uh, you know, carry your Bible around. Um, but. Uh, no, it's. I think it's incredible. So, do, but and do you feel any noise from the students at LPU? Well, just for people's perspective, we're listening to podcasts. So at Asbury's in Kentucky. Uh, LPU is here in San Dimas, California. So, uh, yeah. across America. So, like, we. What's funny is like I didn't know this was happening until Friday last week, and mm -hmm. we actually had a tent revival, like to celebrate a hundred years of Life Pacific University, um, and. What was so cool was that the last, like, three songs that we were doing that night, something, like, you really felt like, hey, we could go a little bit longer. The next day, I'm seeing, like, everyone posting about Asbury. I'm like, dude, I feel like there's just something. I'm not saying it's, uh, you know, Asbury at life, right. but what if it was a start of something? Like, we haven't seen anything like this um, in a Christian university in California in a long time and in the nation. So, yeah. I think even chapels this week, there was like a sense of expectation. But I was like joking. I'm like, it's like, you know, some students are like, I don't know if I want to be in chapel that never ends. You know, what I'm <laughs> it's, like, it's like, dude, chapel started at Asbury last week and it's still going on. Some students are like, yeah, I don't I don't want to do chapel for a full seven days. Um, but there, it's something it's really cool. Like, it, I think yeah. there is an expectation to the point where we're like, OK. 
how do we respond? We're going to actually have a worship night next week and go, you know, we want to press in. Like, we're not saying, like, man, it's going to be revival, but, like, yeah. same spirit. Like, mm-hmm. same spirit is with us here in California at Life yeah. Pacific, at Christian universities, at non-Christian universities, if there's Christians there, spirit of God's there. So we're doing... Uh, I think you made a good thing. point. Like, it's kind of determining on what the students want. What do they want? Right. You know, and I think there's want- a hunger. There's yeah. a hunger. There is. And I'm like, I think that's the key is like, if there are hungry people, I think God's going to move. And um, so we're, yeah, we're, that's our response. I, I'm taking it as like, that's a beautiful visitation from the Lord, but it's our invitation. Yeah. We've seen, out. so, so I've heard so far about five other, other universities are across America are experiencing now day four, day five, whatever, because, because of what's wow. happening in, in Asbury, like, um, how it, you know us just putting the cart before the horse how do you feel if like if something moves into that space for you guys have you guys talked like are we welcoming it are we not what does that look like you know it would the holy spirit would need to get approval through the um mm-hmm. academic <laughs> uh, advisory board first and then we would <laughs> <laughs> that's good for perspective yeah right yeah <laughs> I hear you. Um, honestly, what's so cool is that we have a president. Oh, yeah. Um, president Angie's amazing. Like, Aunt president Angie's like, let's freaking go for it. Um, you know, there are a few people that have texted her, uh, like, prophetic voices going, hey, like, LPU is prime. Like, there is something really special going on. And it does feel, it's like weird, the 100 years, it feels like there's something brewing. And I think Asbury is sort of like waking us all up to go, hey, this is possible. Why not here? Yeah. Why, why not? Yeah. Some, hey, some we got our, we of... got our young adult night tomorrow night. Will you come hang out? Dude, what, what time? I'll text you. We'll hang up right okay. now and I'll text you. Come hang because okay, we might have so revival funny. show up. <laughs> if, you go, dude, if you go to Asbury, I'll carry your backpack or Bible, whatever. Dude, I, don't, I, I just said on the podcast, I don't need to see Asbury. I need to see it in my own church or my own university, <laughs> Life Pacific. <laughs> That's Good where I need it. Sure. But if I go, yeah, I'll, I'll put you in my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> so dope. All right, man, I'll text you. All right. Thanks for your time. All right, bye. There you have it. Well, you see yeah. students talking about it, some that are for it, some that are against it. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. happening all over. It's like, oh, if it happened to us, would I want it? Would I want my classes canceled? Do I want That's the thing. You, that's why you can't like, control that's it. That's why it's it, up to you guys. But you yeah, know? <laughs> I, think you, I think you lean into the criticism. I, when, I, when I was here in the campus pastor, I was thinking about, about Acts and how, what, what caused it to spread. Holy Spirit fell, and then the response was, oh, they're drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Peter yeah. preaches an unscheduled sermon. That wasn't scheduled. Mm-hmm. 5,000 people gave their life to the Lord. However, Peter was willing to stop for one person for the prayer meeting. When he stopped for the one person and people saw the radical change in that one person, another unscheduled sermon. Yeah. 3,000 people gave their mm-hmm. life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But then like what you were saying at that Esther moment, Peter now goes to prison. So there's these unscheduled moments. There's this boldness. There's these moves. Mm. And the culture And what did they do in prison? It. They, they worship. Per- they yeah. prayed and worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They prayed and sung. Yeah. yeah. And then what happened? Visitation mm-hmm. of an angel. Exactly. Right? Signs of deliverance mm-hmm. start happening mm-hmm. after, but it's not without hardship. It's not Correct. without making the tough decisions, making the tough calls, and that's what it takes. So, Lord willing, it happened in many universities right now. I know uh, t- 
you know, from Dan talking, like, again, like he's saying is pretty much what he summarized saying is like, we're open to it, but we're not going to fabricate it. And yeah. I think that's the scary part of being a Pentecostal university because there's an expectation mm -hmm. that you guys should be the first to be doing it and you right. guys should be running on this train. And it's more so, hey, we don't want to be the Pentecostal guys if, if the students want it and if it happens, you know, so, you know, Selah, thank yeah. you. Thank you, Lord. If, mm -hmm. if it doesn't and we're just um, spectators to a move, you know, but like I told Dan is, is my, my prayer is that, Whatever happens, it bleeds into my church, mm -hmm. and it happens in my university that I'm connected to. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the prayer. Um, uh, he said, I was in the middle of eating. Sorry. <laughs> he said he had food in his mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's great that it's gone this viral because obviously we saw um, we see a lot of secular things go viral. Sam Smith with his with his you know devil suit performance. Mm, um, yeah, you know, that's a, a good point. Like yeah. so many things go viral, and mm. it just makes me sad that when something so beautiful, so amazing, so you know, I mean, kind of breakthrough. Really, you have like Pastor Adam, you said your own blood kind of be being you know, very critical about it. So I think this is a time where as Christians, as brothers and sisters, as believers, where we need to be like, you know, in those comments or, you know, just liking, sharing. And um, so I think it's that's, It's kind of like a thing. Holy Spirit counterpunch to that disgusting uh, uh, yeah. thing he had. Th there, there was, um, um, I listened to Michael Brown on this. Michael Brown's a big, big, big uh, spokesman on revival and, uh, older guy, older guy, Jewish, uh, Christian. And he just has a lot of wisdom in regard. He was a part of the Brownsville revival. And so I, I listened to him on this and he was saying that, um, he was saying it is interesting that in, uh, uh, there was a prophet who prophesied that, that he knows of a prophet who prophesied, um, that revival will happen after the, um, uh, so he prophesied this in 2019. Um, he said revival will happen after the Kansas City Chiefs win the, win Super, the Super Bowl. Bowl. So now, <laughs> now here, here's the thing. And this was during it, all the failed prophecies of 2019, 2020. Yeah. So Kansas City wins in 2020, right? And the, 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 the country goes to hell in a handbasket for three years. And just so happens, Kansas City Chiefs just win. And the week that they win is when this uh, revival starts. Mm, so he yeah. wasn't he wasn't well, putting too much stock into it, but he was just saying it is interesting and as we try as we try to yeah. discern whether a genuine thing is happening here. There there was a prophecy that prophesied after the Kansas and to City add teams. to your point and yeah. to add to your point in 1970 when the first Asbury revival happened. That year, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Oh, God. That same year. Oh really? Yes, I saw another person on on, on TikTok. <laughs> put that yeah oh, wow. yeah yeah it's the same wow. year wow so like you said people are making fun like oh prop you got the prophecy wrong but then it happened their second super bowl which is this year they just won it and then the asbury wow. thing happens and maybe it just that's so what happened. he was referring to who won in 2020 um because uh, maybe that was a super bowl in 2020 Maybe that's what he was. That's talking probably about. what it was. Because we probably saw the same video. Okay. You and I would be on the same algorithms yeah. on TikTok. <laughs> the Chiefs won in 2022. Oh, did oh, they? Oh, yeah. yeah. That, so it was so what was he was that? talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So that adds another yeah, <laughs> another element, right? <laughs> that's hilarious. Wow, that's crazy. So and people go, "Oh, yeah, God, wow. well, God, uh, why would God give a prophecy within a football team?" And it's like, well, God uses culture to speak. Yeah. I mean, he'll, you know, that it just. You look at the Old Testament, they talked about days of Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon and yeah. Babylon. I mean, that's mm -hmm. statements of culture. That's, yeah. 
people that were ruling in those areas. And, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. prophecy is in the form of, of what you know and what your knowledge is. So God and someone in Africa would not be giving them the same prophecy of, you yeah. know, when the Kansas City Chiefs, they don't know the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. but it would be in their same element, in their same culture. That yeah. That's where God's word would speak. And so then you do like the word says, you you weigh it, you know, and, and you see it and you see what God does I, I think, through it. I think live on this podcast right now, I just became a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Did you? Wow. you right I want now? them to win the okay. Super Bowl every year now. Wow. For more revivals? If this, if this is happening. <laughs> oh. hey, hey, Phil. I just went back and looked. 1970, they won. Yeah. 2020, yeah. and then this time, I'm Jesus like, movement. let's do it. Yeah. KC. That's the thing. Yeah. So, I'm a, you know, we can see what happens. So, we'll give an update next podcast. We'll give an update of some things that's happening. We'll, you know, if anyone's interested in this conversation, we'll see what happens at in Asbury. We'll see what happens at Life Pacific University. We'll see what happens at our young adult night that's yep. happening tomorrow. Yep. And so if you went to our young adult night, listen to this podcast, you know what did or didn't happen, you know. Uh, but, you know, we're open to whatever whatever God wants to do. So we'll see what happens. It's a great conversation. Thank you, everyone, for joining yeah, thanks. in. Thanks. I'm on by fast. Thanks. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hello, Saver. Whether you're saving for that trip to the tropics or saving for an emergency, now is the time to take advantage of Wells Fargo's savings options. Wells Fargo offers savings accounts that can help you save towards your goals. So, what are you saving for? Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash save to open a savings account today. Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Member FDIC. 